Where's that Roman camera angle? Because I feel like moving around today. So I'm going to look at, at John chapter 15. We're going to have a, um, a family conversation across all of our campuses because we're starting our new series today. And I just have a few moments to preach this message, but it's called Off the Hook. And, you know, I ran this sermon through my wife and I was like, hey, what do you think about this? I really believe it's the heart of God for our house to kick this sermon series off. And Julie was like, oh man, that's going to be different. Oftentimes, okay, can we keep it 100? Oftentimes, when we um, are teaching about marriage and relationship and we're talking about, you know, as a Christian, we, we, we disciple people into forgiveness, reconciliation. Um, you know, we almost think like Christians are always nice, which means, you know, turn the other cheek kind of philosophy. You, are, are you all with me? But when I went before the Lord and said, what does this house need? The Lord gave me John chapter 15. And, and sometimes it is about restoration, but sometimes it's also about separation. Oh, it got real quiet. And, and I feel like in, in our churches, especially here in America, we've almost convinced you that Christians are always reconciling and restoring relationships. But if you read the words of Jesus, there is just as much talk about separation as there is restoration. Matter of fact, that Jesus himself said that the gospel will be a sword that even divides families. And so when I, when I said, God, do you really want me to tell this to your people? I really think the Holy Spirit told me, Mike, do you want to sound like an American preacher or do you want to sound like Jesus? Ugh. And so we're going to talk about how sometimes relationships actually have to end. We're going to talk about how sometimes it's not a forever thing. And we're going to talk about how I believe for you to get into your next level, you're going to have to understand and exercise the wisdom to maintain and retain or to separate and release. Oh, come on. It got way too quiet. I must be speaking into some relationships right now. Let's read the scriptures together. Let's see what Jesus had to say. In John chapter 15, Verse 18, it says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love, the, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do, do you remember what I told you? A slave is no greater than the master. Since they persecuted me naturally, they will persecute you. And if you had listened to me, if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. If they listened to me, Jesus said, then they would have listened to you. But they didn't listen to Jesus. Some of you have this false Jesus that always is listened to that always heals, that always delivers. And yet in Chorazim, no one got healed because no one believed. There were people Jesus couldn't even reach. Who do you think you are? Yo, are you ready to get free yet? I said there were people that Jesus couldn't even convince. Why do you think that you're better than Jesus? What if I told you that you're bearing the burden of a weight of a relationship that God is giving you permission to release? Oh, y'all are going to have to talk back to me in this place today. Here's what he says. 
Anyone who hates me will also hate my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. Some people will hate you no matter how many good works you do in their life. This is what it says. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without cause. I heard the Lord saying to tell some of you, stop trying to make it make sense. They hated Jesus without cause. Some of you are trying to make it make sense, but it's not going to make sense. Oh. What if I told you that they hate the Jesus on the inside of you? That you think they hate you, but the spirit of the living God irritates and agitates the demons on the inside of them? What if I told you that they hate that ancient spirit? Come on, El Shaddai, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi on the inside of you that irritates and agitates the flesh they refuse to crucify. Come on, somebody shout back to me. Can I get an amen? There are relationships in your life that you have been trying to reconcile that I believe God is actually giving you permission to release because there comes a time where you can't be Jesus for them. The Jesus inside of you provoked what was supposed to be on the inside of them, but they got to choose to make the right decision. You know, as I begin to wrestle with this uh, word, some of you thought for years and years and years you were, spout, you were fighting your spouse. But what if I told you it was the spirit of, of God on the inside of you that was actually provoking responses demonically from your spouse? They hated Jesus. Okay, I got a, I got a little bit deeper revelation though. And this to me is mind-blowing. I've never heard this, but I'm looking at John chapter 15 in context. So I'm trying to extract the revelation from it. And I keep seeing Jesus say this phrase over and over again, the world, the world hated me. So the world will hate you. The world rejected me. So the world will reject you. Now for all of these years as a believer, I thought the world are the ones that turn up. I thought the world were the drink and smoke and cussing ones. Am I right? Oh, come on. Some of y'all used to be in the world. I'm, I'm, I thought the world were the ones that dress a certain way and, you know, they're drinking, uh, you know, they're, they're drinking, I don't know, Corona with a lime or Miller Lite or I don't know, craft beer. Some of you hipsters. I, I thought the world was the ones. It's not CBD. It's THC. I, I, some of y'all couldn't wait till it decriminalized in New York. And, uh, you know, uh, some of you are like Bob Marley, you know, you're like, maybe I'm Rastafarian, not Christian. I don't know. I used to think the world was them. The world was the Beyonce lyric singing people. The, the world was the Sam Smith. Uh, is that was it, what his name is? Sam Smith. Oh, the, they, Sam Smith hated you, so they're going to hate me. But that's not the context. Because sinners love Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus was called the friend of sinners. Lost people love Jesus because they found hope. They found freedom. They found deliverance through Jesus. Come on. The Gentiles who were not Jews, they loved Jesus because Jesus brought a, a ministry of reconciliation to the Father. The Samaritans who were a different people group, a different race, he, he actually crossed those cultural barriers. Why? Because those people loved Jesus. So watch this. The world was Jesus' own people. 
What if I told you it's going to be your own people that hate you? What if I told you that the biggest threat to your life is not Sam Smith parading around in a devil costume on an awards night ceremony? It's a pharisaical religious Christian who tells you, you pray too much, you give too much, you serve too much in the local church. Oh yes, I do. And it'll never be enough because with outstretched arms, Jesus gave me all. And for the rest of my life, I will give him all. I'm not going to turn down the volume of my worship. I'm not going to quiet down. You can't get me to stop giving. You can't get me to stop serving because it'll never be enough. Come on, does somebody know what I'm talking about? When he said the world hates you, it wasn't the people on the outside that hated Jesus. It was the Jews that hated Jesus. It'll be your own spouse. It'll be your own children. It'll be your own pastor. It'll be the people in the church that will hate you because you have the true Jesus on the inside of you. But if you got the true Jesus on the inside of you, you got to stand up, stop having a jelly spine, and say, God, I'm going to stand stand for you. Come on, somebody shout to God. It's going to be that church you left to come to V1. Oh, you go to that church. I heard at that church, they're always doing deliverance. Yeah, just like the real Jesus did. If they hate deliverance, it's because they hate the real Jesus because they've received a counterfeit Jesus that comforts them in their sin. We want to afflict people in their sin and comfort them in sanctification. We are trying to move you out of the realm of the natural into the supernatural. Oh, that church always posting about miracles. It's probably placebo and the power of positive thinking, and it's probably psychosomatic. You know You sit down and you're trying to tell your friends how excited you are. Here's your number one sign that they're not for you. They never clap when you accomplish anything. Here's your sign that they're not for you. They're never excited for what you're excited about. Why? Because light and darkness cannot have fellowship. If you told them about your pious religious church that feeds the homeless who are hungry three hours later, by the way, they would say, oh, you're such a good person. But Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to become a good person. He said, you are dead and I'm making you alive and dangerous. And we don't need good people in New York City. We don't need good people people in Northwest Indiana. We need dangerous people who are going to be hated by religious people, people who will cast a demon out in a parking lot of a grocery store, people who will believe for healing until it happens. We, I wish somebody would shout if you're ready to be dangerous. We need dangerous people, but he said if they hated the world, they'll hate you too. But I got good news for you. You're off the hook. Somebody say to your neighbor, you're off the hook. these self-professing Christians would feel so out of place in the first century church. They would be the most weird people in the first century church. Come on, if you could take some of the people from the churches in the blocks and radiuses around each one of our campus and put them in a time machine 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts, they would be the weird ones. Normal Miracles were normal. Why? Because in heaven, healing is the status quo. 
provision and abundance as normal. Why? Because in heaven, the streets are paved with gold and we serve a God of opulence and extravagance. And, and so what happens is when you don't create the atmospheres of heaven, you got people who are Christians actually entertaining the atmospheres of hell. So we've got, let me put it like this. If you're not in a head-on collision with the devil, it's because you're running the same direction. If you're not hated by religious people, it's because you're religious. If your worship doesn't provoke them to talk about you, it's because heaven doesn't talk about you. Oh, somebody, you got to get to the point where you, if you stand for something, you know, because you'll have haters. But it'll be the Christians. It'll be the Christians. And I'm trying to help you because it's going to be people in your life that the Lord's saying, let it go, let it go. Stop looking for support and start worshiping the one who supported you from the beginning. Some of you are like, we don't need to worship like that. Well, yeah, but you weren't with me in the midnight hour when I was praying liquid tears, liquid prayers in the form of tears hitting my pillow. And you weren't with me. My dad walked out, but I have a father that is eternal. And so some of you, you don't understand. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for support. I'm worshiping the one who always supported me. When a pastor wasn't there to call me, he said, by the Holy Spirit, I got a word for you, son. Open up the Bible. When somebody wasn't there with the right advice, I feel like the Lord's causing some of you to click off of the codependency of man and, and, and shift into the reliance on him. It's possible to be alone but not lonely because greater he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God before you, who could be against you? And a thousand may fall on one side and 10,000 may fall on another side, but I will still be standing because I worship the one who supported me from the beginning. Oh, I'm trying to stir you up today. You're off the hook. You're off the hook. And let me just tell you, and I feel the prophetic on this. You don't owe anybody anything who helped you in a previous season. People will manipulate you. Not everything is free. Not everything's a blessing. A blessing will turn into a burden when they manipulate you with it. You got some pastors and some ministers that are really warlocks and witches, and they manipulate you with dinners. They manipulate you with opportunities. What if I told you your, your previous church didn't give you a title? They gave you a curse. They gave you a burden because they manipulated you with that title. The, the church is supposed to be distributing the title of son and daughter because once you learn your son, we can add any other title on top of that and we can take it away but the true gospel remains and some of you are just waking up to the fact that you've been codependent and you've been actually worshiping the one who supported you for a season instead of the one who supported you through every season come on somebody I thank God for the investment that you made. But if you put a string on that investment it was manipulation and I'm severing the strings today Keep your house, keep your car, keep your title, keep your opportunity because the Lord's about to promote me, baby. I don't want what you could give me. Cut the strings off. You can keep your witchcraft and manipulation, but God promotes. Hey. I've had people say they were helping me, but they were helping their own public perception. Oh, I'm trying to help you today. 
Lies don't end relationships. Usually the truth does. <laughs> it's like that. You know, the area of greatest woundedness is often where you carry the most authority. And I have been wounded in relationship. That's why I come to you as a, as a spiritual father with no motive for you other than the love of the, the great father. Because people, you know, they'll lie to you about who they are. Listen, that's why your first date, you single people, needs to be breakfast and not dinner. Come on, try to get to the truth of who they are. You know, you don't know what a church is the first time you go and you're in growth track and they're telling you how everything's awesome. And you're like, well, let me ask your wife whether or not this ministry is awesome. <laughs> Julie, do you want to grab a mic? <laughs> you want to rebuke me? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I've had guys come to me. I want to plant a church. I want to plant a church. They give me this hype vision. Their wife's silent the entire time. I, every single time I turn to the wife and I say, what do you think about him being your pastor for the rest of your life? Almost every time the wife starts crying. See, a lot of times it's not God's dream. It's a delusion that we've accepted because of our pride. And what the Lord wants to do right now is he's trying to peel back all these layers He's trying to sever relationships and he's trying to bring you into alignment with what he wants. So Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says this, walk with the wise and you become wise. Associate with fools and you get in trouble. Walk with the wise. What I love about that is it doesn't say talk with the wise. Mm. Oh, if Pastor Mike could just call me on the phone. No, 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 don't talk with me, walk with me. Ah, ah. See, some of you, it's like phone sex. You like to tantalate and stimulate, but there's no reproduction when it's done. See, you don't need another conversation. You need a transformation that happens with walking. I'm going to walk with the wise. When, we, when it's time to pray, I'm going to pray. When pastor says, lift my hands, I'm lifting my hands. When pastor says, dance, I'm going to dance. I'm going to walk with the wise. And what I love, it says, walk with the wise and become wise, which means that it's possible to link yourself up with people as a fool and go through a process where you become changed. So you, in other words, you don't have to be stuck on stupid. You don't have to be, you, but you have to learn how to walk with the wise. Here's the next part. Associate with fools. It doesn't say be their best friend. It says associate with them. What if I told you that the word the Lord has for you today is stop even associating with them? Are you with me? What if it's the association that's getting you in trouble? What if, see, it says if you associate with a fool, you will get in trouble. And so sometimes it's not even a deep friendship. Sometimes it's an association that's getting you in trouble. Some of you are trying to maintain all these relationships that would never sustain your relationship with God. Some of you are trying to hold on to people. Let me just tell you something, honey. Just because you have a past with them doesn't mean you have a future with them. Matter of fact, some of these people are actually an enemy to your future. Oh, you know how I know? 
Because when you're with them, you get better at gossip, but you don't get better at the things of God. When you're with them, you get better at complaining, but you don't get better at conquering. When you're, oh, I'm speaking to somebody right now. Look at the results when you walk away. Is there the residue and the filth of the flesh? Or do you feel the glory of God? You'll know the difference when someone's calling you up higher. You'll know someone who's a friend to your future because they're not calling you out. They're calling you up. And see, that's what this is all about right now. Is, is you got to let yourself release them. You're off the hook. Somebody just say, I'm off the hook. If the people closest to us don't fear God, then we will be tempted to become familiar with God. Are you all hearing me? If they don't fear God, the temptation is for you to become familiar with God. What if I told you, oh, I'm getting to some roots because we got. I've just got a few more minutes left. What if I told you that on your own, you would have never struggled with atheistic thoughts? It was their influence on you that sowed that seed that robbed you of the intimacy with God. What if I told you on your own, you're all right, which is why you feel so lonely because God is actually a friend to your future and he's strategically eliminating and removing relationships because he says on your own. What if I told you that the dream that Joseph had was too big for his father's home? It only fit in the palace, but you had to, it's, what if I told you that the masterpiece is always revealed in marble through extraction? It's what's removed from the block of marble that releases the masterpiece. And what if it's going to be the people that God removed from your life that reveals the masterpiece it should have always been? And now, let me just say this too. Don't let people get familiar with God, but also don't let people get familiar with you. I refuse to treat you like your past. I refuse to treat you like your sin. I refuse to treat you like your struggles. I'm treating you like your destiny. I'm treating you like your purpose. Don't ever get around somebody that will cancel your purpose treating you like your past. See, what God will do is bring you to in a place where people are not familiar with you. Listen, you know what I'm trying to say? If they can't honor the call of God on and through your life, they're never going to be in a position to unlock and release it in your life. Sometimes you've got to say, you're too familiar with God and you're too familiar with my calling. And if you can't see me as that thing, I've got to really, I've got to get out of this relationship. Sometimes you have to forget what you want in order, in order to remember what you deserve. Oh baby, I know you want that guy, (laughs) but you got to forget what you want in order to remember what you deserve. Oh yeah, yeah, you got into that relationship. The most unhealthy part of you chose that person. Oh. The most unhealthy part of you chose that person. The most unhealthy part of you chose that church. The most unhealthy part of you chose that job. The th- you see, and what happens is we make all these decisions out of a place of unhealth. And God is trying to help us see, wait a second, You were not living in response to my will. You were living in response to your wound. (sighs) Come on, there's healing in the house. I'm not going to leave you without healing today. I told you the Lord's wrapping some stuff up. I heard the Lord say this. Tell my people, 
it's okay not to carry dead weight into 2023. What if you stop trying to be the Holy Spirit for your children and that releases the Holy Spirit to convict them? What, what if you stop trying to convince them and then God says, okay, now that you're out of the way, I can actually convict them? See, what, what happens is the Lord wants to do something so sovereign in the lives of the people around us that we get in and interject ourselves. But if they can be talked into it by human words, they can be talked out of it by another human's words. But you make room for the divine when you surrender and say, God, this next thing is on you. You're going to have to deal with this situation. You're going to have to deal with this person. And I heard the Lord say, tell my people, it's okay not to carry dead weight into 2023. It's okay to not have to be the strong one in every relationship. If you are the strong one in every relationship, you are only in codependent relationships. It's okay for some people to carry you. It's okay for people to pray for you. It's okay for people to pay for things for you. If you're only the strong one, then you are trying to take God's seat and worship is the place of surrender that says, God, they're going to have, I learned you as Jaira. My kids are going to have to learn you as Jaira. I learned you as Rafa. They're going to have to learn you as Rafa. I can't be the I am, but you are the I am and I'm going to walk this thing out and I'm going to let God be God. There's something about that. There's something about the freedom of accepting you are off the hook. Ah, oh, I feel something. Look at me, Indiana. Look at me, Indiana. Unfollow, block, and stop obsessing over people who are an enemy to your future. They may have played a part in your past, but see, God will allow people to enter for a season and for a reason. And you cannot put lifetime expectations on a temporary season. Some people were meant to come into your life like rocket boosters. They got you into another atmosphere, but they break off because now a greater force is taking over. Don't try to romance the rocket booster phase. They disconnected for a reason and a season. It's time to move on. Oh, I'm saying something to somebody. Come on, New York City. We're going to break some ungodly soul ties here in the next few seconds. This is the way the Lord said it to me. He said, it's okay to release an assignment where they failed their tests because you have succeeded in yours. You stopped fitting in with them when you stopped compromising. You stopped fitting in with them when you stopped people pleasing. You stopped fitting in with them when you stopped complaining. You stopped fitting in with them when you stopped agreeing with their excuses. You've outgrown your habitat. It's time to fly. You've outgrown the limitations of the ministries you came from. It's time to rise up in your calling. You've outgrown the stale, dead revelations of 
yesterday. It's time to eat fresh manna and bread. You have outgrown the trauma and the dysfunction of your family. It's time to rise up and build an eagle's nest. Your home, come on, I wish three people would jump to their feet if they feel this stirring in their spirit. It's time to build the eagle's nest. It's time for a new habitat. You are not a chicken. You will not be pecking around at the ground. You have been called to rise up with wings as eagles, to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint. You've outgrown. You've outgrown. Oh, I feel the oil all over this. You have outgrown that last level. Some of you have shoes on in the spiritual realm that you've outgrown those shoes. And in one season, those shoes, when they fit you, were per protection. But if you've outgrown those shoes, it actually becomes pain. God's trying to exchange your shoes. God's trying to bring you into something new. And I know that I'm the weirdest pastor in America that I'll start a relationship series about how to end a relationship. But I told you a couple weeks ago when Abraham and Lot were cohabitating the land, the favor and the provision and the destiny and the purpose of God was upon Abraham. And they were cohabitating the land and God had to say, Abraham, it's time to separate from Lot. Some of you have tried so hard to help people for so long, but guess what? Your ministry to them has become a misery to you. And God is trying to release you from a responsibility. Lot failed his test. The favor was on Abraham. Abraham had to say, this land can't support both of us. Some of you are trying to carry a burden. And the Lord says, you know, the Bible says his burden is light. His yoke is easy. And so if what you're carrying is heavy, it may be the burden of another person. God is calling you to release today. We're gonna get ready to sing here in a few, but we're gonna sever ungodly soul ties. Who wants to do that? And I felt like we needed to do this as a church because how do you know you have an ungodly soul tie? If you are obsessively thinking about a church that you knew abused you, and it doesn't even make sense if you're longing to be in the company of people who stabbed you it's not because you're a reconciler. It's not because you have the heart of Christ. It's because you have a soul tie that's causing you to come back to trauma and abuse when God's brought you into a healthy place. If you fornicated, if you slept around, and now you're saying, God, please bring me into the marriage conference to meet another person with a wristband on. The Lord may be telling you, you've not been single for a long time. You've been alone, but in the spiritual realm, when you have sex, the two become one, and you've got a soul tie. And matter of fact, you have many, it's not going to the justice of the peace and getting a piece of paper that brings oneness. It's the blood covenant of sex that causes souls to be connected. And some of you are saying, I'm single. And the Holy Spirit's saying, no, you're not, until you sever the ungodly soul ties. You need to make, ah, you need to step in. Some of you have not been single. And you're going to enter a marriage relationship where you still think about the sexual activity you had with somebody who was also outside of the boundaries of what God calls? No. Some of you 
adultery comes in many different forms. I'll show you. Some of you are like, I've never cheated on my wife and the Holy Spirit says you do it every day. Some of you think you have a phone. You have a physical representation of a soul tie. Oh, I'm just messaging them to check in. No, the soul tie is like an umbilical cord connected between the mother and the child. And when the mother consumes something, it goes, the blood goes through the cord into the baby. It's inseparable. Some of you have previous partners doing things from long ago that you don't even talk to them anymore, but it's feeding you through the soulish realm. How many of you want to sever some ungodly soul ties? I'm getting you ready for this Friday. I'm getting you ready for this next level. If you want this, just lift your hands towards heaven. Let's have our prayer team come up because some of you are going to need deliverance. Some of you are going to need a little bit more and we're going to make some time for that. So our prayer team's going to come up. But every single person right now with your hands lifted across every campus, I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, Come on, you're going to have to say it boldly. Say, Heavenly Father, I repent for all sin. Wash me with your blood. And I ask you, break and release every ungodly soul tie. Sever it now by your power, by your blood. Every relationship that's not from you, sever it from every mistake, from every failure. Sever every ungodly soul tie. Father, I thank you. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on, begin to worship.